Yo, what up, man? What's going on out there? Hey, Unconscious Conscious Radio back at it? What? What? You dig? Hey, we about to get it in this season, you know what I'm saying? So I got brand new ideas, you know. We're going to cut it with, with what's popular. We may talk about what's popular, but I have my own philosophies that I want to kick in. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to get it this season. Season two, it's a brand new year. I started around this time last year. So technically, this is an anniversary, baby. So let's get it, man. Let's celebrate, man. We got new episodes coming your way. All of my philosophies on unconscious, I'm about to say unconscious, unconscious, conscious radio. You dig? And I'm saying you dig a whole bunch of times. And you know what I'm saying? A whole bunch of times. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it. You are listening to Unconscious Conscious Radio. Yeah, so this your brother OC. We back at it, you know. Brand new concepts this season, you know what I'm saying? We going off of my philosophies because, you know, I'm a changed man out here, you know? So I got a lot of things on my mind, a lot of things I want to share, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to get to it because the topic today, I think it's an interesting topic, you know? We talking about, we talking about what you, what, 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 what we all want, what we all I would say lust over what we all dream about, what we all just sit back and just just think about all the time. You know what I'm saying? We 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 talking about love, but not just any type of love. I'm talking about pure love today. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, as you know from the past episodes, I was into polygamy, but guess what, y'all? <laughs> I'm not into polygamy no more. You dig? <laughs> hey. Like I said, I'm a changed man, you know. But guess what? I'm not into monogamy either. You dig? So, hey, like I said, I got my own philosophies. We're going to get it in. You know what I'm saying? So, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, we're talking about non-possessive love. That's the new thing for me in my life. And I feel like a non-possessive love is a real love. So let me explain. Let me explain. You know, I'm going to take you on the storyline. You know what I mean? So you can you can get the concept of what I'm talking about. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to non-possessive love, what, is that, what does that sound like? Just think about it. You know what I'm saying? Think about that for a second. And I'm going to get my notes together because, you know, I like to... My mind goes everywhere, you dig? Just think about it for a second. Check this out. A theory about intimate human relations. He saw non-possessive love as pure love, the only love, and possessive love as a mockery of pure love. Non-possessive. What is possessive love? You know what the crazy thing about possessive love? People really think that that's sexy or something it actually turn them on to be like hey your minds you know what i'm saying that turns people on you know but is that is that real love is that real love to be possessive because in my mind i'm like they used to do that back in the day with slavery right so is that real love though 
I mean, you know, maybe there's something going on inside of people. So let's let's kind of get into it. You know, I was married before, like straight up. I was married for three years. You know, it's just something that I just thought I should do coming out of a Christian background. I knew the woman for about four months before I decided, like, hey, man, you know, let's let's do it. You know what I mean? So me and my daughter's mom, you know, we got married. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, I didn't really know what true love was. I just knew that I was supposed to do. I just knew that this this woman, like, we just wanted to build. We just wanted to build when it come to our concepts uh, and our train of thoughts. You know what I'm saying? We thought the same way. We wanted to continue on. You know what I mean? So that's what it was. I could call it puppy love. You know? But that's that's just what it was. So we got married and in, in, in the marriage, uh, we found out that we, we got to a point where we grew together, but we ended up growing apart. You know what I'm saying? Like any relationship in a lot of different marriages. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't really have that agreement. So we got to a point where we wasn't growing. And then it got toxic. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, it got just a little toxic. Not, not crazy toxic. It just got to the point where we were just holding on to a title. You know what I'm saying? We married. So let's just work things out for the better good. So two years into the marriage, we decided to actually see if things would get better by having a child, you know. So we did everything in our power to to, to make that happen, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we was calling out every fertility God there was, you know, just to make sure that it happens, you know, because we both thought we had problems when it comes to have another child. I mean, she was coming off of uh, so many different birth controls. And then just me, you know, I'm a guy that actually grew up with one testicle. You know what I'm saying? And the doctor always told my mom, which my mom told me that in the future, I wouldn't be able to have any children. You know what I'm saying? So we were just going off of that and hopefully it will happen and make our relationship better. So we had a child and little did we know it did not make the relationship better, you know. But one thing that we did actually find out is I actually found out what love truly was. And that was after my baby came out, you know. So, and she's seen it. She's seen the way I look at baby girl, my daughter, our daughter. <laughs> and then, you know, she, she, she could feel it, you know what I'm saying? So... It wasn't one of those things where I was like, hey, this is uh, my baby, you know. And it was nothing possessive. It was just like, man, this is a child that, you know, I'm blessed to have in, in my, just in my life, period. You know what I'm saying? I'm blessed. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it to this day that, you know, she decided to be around me, to, to exist around me. You know, so that's the type of love I was feeling. It wasn't a possession. Like, this is my baby. It's like, I'm just surprised you're around me. You decided to show up, you know, because she didn't have to. So, but my wife at the time actually seen it in my eyes and seen how I was holding her and seen, seen the whole thing, you know, and I felt it as well when it came to true love. 
I think that was the very first time which I experienced true, pure love is with my daughter. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, so their relationship ended up breaking up. So at this at this time, even though my wife at the time, she was into polygamy, she taught me because she was a Hebrew Israelite. When we first met, I was a Christian. You know, we were, she taught me all about it. So I ended up getting it in my mind. Like, you know, it, it can be healthy to have a polygamous relationship and things like that. But we never tried it. Even though we play with those ideas and things like that, you know. So it got to a point where, of course, uh, we decided to part ways. Me and my daughter's mom, I got full custody, things like that. Because I thought to myself, like, I got to have baby girl to continue this journey with. You know, I would be the best person for her. You know what I'm saying? So the same vice versa, you know. So that's and that's that. You know what I'm saying? That that basically ends the chapter of the relationship with my daughter's mother, but it actually began the relationship when I have to actually understand what true love is. Institution of marriage. As I grew older and saw my father struggling to take care of a wife and seven children, having to work three jobs at once, I began to see that the bourgeois family can be an imprisoning, enslaving, and suffocating experience. So later down the line, I started to actually manifest exactly what I, what I wanted in a woman. You know what I'm saying? So I, I gave myself a, a whole... A, I basically just manifested the whole details of like what I was looking for. And granted, the universe actually put in front of me like every single scenario <laughs> that I could choose. You know, I actually dated a lawyer. I, date, I dated someone that had a lot of money. I dated someone that was into like uh the, the, the metaphysical realm that was actually getting paid for that. I, I met dated ghetto to super smart to it's literally like random every scenario you could possibly choose. The universe put that my way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just so I can know exactly what I was looking for. Exactly to get my mind right for, for what where, where is that today? You know what I'm saying? And granted, it's going to grow, but let's get to where my mind is at today. So check this out. So I actually met a young lady, you know, um, and I had an assumption of who she was and what she was about. And, uh, you know, and this was pretty much the very last uh, so-called relationship before I decided to do something in particular that we're going to talk about. So, met this young lady. We ended up living together. You know what I'm saying? So, in my mind, it was actually a beautiful start. But then somewhere down the line, it started to go in the exact same path that my marriage went. So, I decided to think for myself. I'm like, yo, not again. <laughs> so, I started to actually look into some things 
And then I looked into like self-love and what it, what is that really is? What is it? Like, do I truly love myself? Because I'm not able to actually find um, what it is to, 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 to find love. I mean, I, I've gotten every scenario in a woman that a man could possibly get, but I'm not able to be satisfied. His theory of non-possessiveness in the love relationship was appealing to me. The idea that one person possesses the other, as in bourgeois marriage, where she's my woman and he's my van, was unacceptable. It was too restrictive, too binding, and ultimately destructive to the union itself. Often it absorbed all of a man's energies and did not leave him free to develop potential talents to be creative, or make a contribution in other areas of life. So, what is it? So I end up reaching deep, deep into myself to the point where I'm like, okay, I have to love myself to the point where I have to figure things out, I have to manifest as I go, you know what I mean? So let me let me explain this a little better. <clears throat> so I got to the point where I love myself. You know what I'm saying? I just kept on saying I, I love myself. And then I got to a point where I was like, okay, everything is like literally made for me. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think you get me. So with it it doesn't come from like any type of uh uh, ego or anything. What I mean by everything is made for me is I am the actual God of my own eyes. So through my eyes, everything is a perception. Everything is a perception and it's made for me. It's only meant for me to see it because it come out of my mind, right? So you any perception that comes out of your mind because I can see something that somebody else can't see. I can understand something that somebody else can't understand. It's all comes from my mind. We, we create everything. We are our own worst enemies, right? So somebody could tell me something. Somebody could tell somebody else the same thing and get a whole different interpretation that I've gotten just due to what I'm able to project, what I'm able to see. You know what I'm saying? So everything that come out of my eyes is created for me and me only. So at this point, with self-love, I started to orchestrate exactly how I wanted my life to go. You know what I'm saying? So in, in my mind, I started to say everything is literally meant for me. So exactly at this point, I told myself that nothing exist as well so nothing actually belongs to me everything is just here to exist everything just is to be you know so once i understood that everything is just to be it's just there to be there it doesn't exist it's not real once I understood that, and that's when I started to feel that 
maybe I got this love thing all wrong. Because if I could sit here and say, through a person's eyes, they are the God of their own world, then I can also sit up here and say, like, hey, why, why would I consider this person? Why would I say that this person belonged to me when this person should just be, live with no rules, live by nature? You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm going to break that down because I still feel that <laughs> maybe people don't really understand where, where I'm going with this or where I'm coming from. You know, so let's let's go ahead and break this down a little bit more. Monogamy or being in a relationship with one person is actually very uncommon among mammals, with only around 3% displaying monogamous bonding. So what's the deal with humans? Is it really better to be with one person for your entire life? In my principle of non-possessiveness, I believed that if I was free, so were they free to be involved with other men. I told them they could have any kind of relationship they wanted with someone else, but that we had a special relationship that could not be duplicated with another person, no matter how many people we might be involved with at the same time. This meant freedom for me, because I could have three or four relationships at the same time without having to keep one secret from the other. So, in a non-possessive um, type relationship, let, let, let's just say you have um, anything that you possess that you say, this is mine, this is only mine. So let's just say you lose it, all right? So, a lot of times when we uh, get it so attached to something, it controls you. It controls you, you know? And... Because we have that control in our mind, it actually brings some type of tox toxicity that's going on. It, it could become toxic. So if something controls you, that also brings an emotion that you don't need for your life. It could bring fear. It could bring other things. Anything that can bring a type of emotion, it controls who you are. So, in my mind, in my philosophy, I don't like to have anything to control my emotional. I like to be in full control of everything about me because I love myself so much. I don't want anything to control me. I want to be in control. I want to be in control. You know, from since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be in control of everything that's who I am. I never like bullies. Bullies like to control. They like to bully. They like to have possession of your emotions. They want to control everything about you. So once I found out that there's things that was able to control me, I put that aside. I'm like, you know, even if I had a gold chain, I felt like it was controlling like who I was. I would give that gold chain away, like, here, you can have it, just so I could be free from possession. I don't want anything to be completely mine. There are certain things that I use as tools that I need to 
keep going to get in places such as automobiles stuff like that you know you know how it goes but when it when it actually controls you if something wants to happen to my automobile then it just it's what it is i'm not gonna crowd you know what i'm saying because in my mind on the top of that everything happens for a reason you know what i'm saying so with those examples i use that same thing for people number one people shouldn't be objects you shouldn't have the same possession that you have for an object that you have for a person. Like, no, that's mine. She's mine. He's mine. No. Why are we talking like that? Who taught us to do that? Who taught you to do that? Where did that come from? Because even back in the day, we look at history, it wasn't even like that. You know? So it, it, it was literally... Men that had wives, and then it was wives that had men. It, it was all sorts of uh, freedom that was going on. People free from emotion. So in my life today, someone may call that still polygamy, but I wouldn't call it anything. It's just nature. We're just being. So let's 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 get to names. Let's get to names. You know, because. There's a lot of people that's known for a lot of different names. Not one name should define what's going on. Not one name should define that person. Names mean something, right? Do names mean something? Most names should. So these names, for example, if a name meant power, or if a name means something like, I don't know, going out to to get what's yours. Do you mean to tell me you, you're just going to do that? You're just going to be a person of power? So if that's the case, then you're putting yourself in a box. So you got to be more than just that. Right? So in nature, nature, it, it, it does so many different things you can you can never predict exactly what's going to happen in nature same way with people in relationships so you should never be able to predict exactly what a person can do the abilities of a person is literally infinite so in other words we shouldn't have a name but we do and that actually puts us in a box. So to put an actual title on something, let's just say marriage, you combine two people together and call it a marriage. Even in law, that's considered, it's not nothing that has to do with nature. It has everything to do with a business. And that's put in a box because a business is only something that you make money from. There's nothing spiritual about that. There's nothing spiritual about that. So, I mean, it's fine that if you want, wanted certain tangibles, those things could be considered without being married. <laughs> you know, you can still set your own contracts and notaries and things like that to make sure such and such get whatever if 
such and such the parts. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, that's if you want to go there. But ultimately, we, we should not look at each other as possessions. At all. At all. So, self-love and non-possessiveness will actually get rid of fear. It will show you pure honesty because if we're not being jealous or anything, so, because jealousy is another fear part. So if we're not being jealous, then of course we're being 100% honest and we're also practicing collective cooperation, collective collaboration, and also there will be no no toxic environment because we, we're dealing with pure honesty. We're, we're also being, what's the word? I keep on forgetting this word. Start and start with a T. Maybe it'll come up, but you're being 100% honest. You know what I'm saying? You're able to, you're able to be see-through, you know? So if, if someone can know about everything, know about your whole life, your desires and everything, and still want to continue a journey with you, Come on, that's pure love. That's pure love, loving everything about that person and still wanting to be with that person. Still want to be, continue a journey with that person. That's pure love. It's no difference from someone losing, let's just say if someone actually leave someone's life not, I'm not going to just point at dogs and stuff like that because they often leave and come back and they say, oh, that's how you know. But it's true because if someone was to leave out of your life and for them to come back years later and you have the exact same relationship that you had before they left, that's, you know that that's something, that's love, that's an energy that you guys have together that you know for a fact you are just being who you are together, you know? So that's pure love. And the law of love is to just be (laughs) and love who the person is regardless. It's an unconditional thing. There's so many times where I said, I love you. And then once it was over, I didn't feel the same about that person. <laughs> Love is unconditional, you know? So a non-possessive love. So some people, so a person may ask, actually. So that, does that mean you can have more than one woman? I mean, I wouldn't say have anything. I'm just being now, if people want to collaborate on ideas, want to hop on a journey with us, then they can do that. They can just be like-minded people just being together. It's no different from anything in nature. Any species in nature, they all do. They just be. You know what I'm saying? They just be. You know? It's no it's no animal because we are animals first. To some people that may sound bad, we are animals first. No animal would actually say, no, nah, this, this other animal just belongs to me and me only. <laughs> no. 
So animals just be, things in nature just be, to, from the plants to, to, to the things in the sky to the things in the ground, we all just be. Only thing we're doing is collaborating ideas, continuing journeys together. Things were put in your life just for you, just because you manifested ideas. So it doesn't mean that it's just one person in this world It's just going to be for you. Because if you put yourself in that box, then you may miss out on who you truly are and where you're supposed to go. So, I mean, one can ask, could a sister have, not again, not have, but could a sister, quote unquote, <laughs> I'm going to give that for you. Quote, unquote, continue a journey with other men. Of course. And I'm not homosexual or anything like that. And I have a whole nother philosophy on homosexuality. We can get to that on probably the next episode. We can get into that. But we're not going to talk about that. I'm not homosexual uh, or whatever title you want to use. I'm, I'm an alpha male. I know that I like more than one woman, and I know I want to continue different journeys with these women, because we all have different things that we like, and no one woman holds all of those qualities. I would never put everything on one woman. I think that's, to me, technically, that's selfish, putting everything on one woman. Instead of having a village of your own, people of your own ilk that have the same thought process, the same thought process to continue a journey with. What's wrong with having a group of people doing things together? No matter if it's whatever, you know what I'm saying? We just be, I'm not even going to put a title on anything that we're doing. Because if we get intimate, if I get intimate with multiple sisters at the same time, What's wrong with that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's wrong with that? Only thing that's wrong with it is the people that's actually getting into the mind frame of being possessive. If you're not possessive, if you're not working on jealousy or any type of ego or anything that's toxic or emotional, then what's the problem? What is the problem? If you're a Christian, you already know that stuff like that is in the Bible and, and it was ordained by God for multiple women and things like that. So in every textbook that that is happening. So one way or another, I guess society or the government said that this that's that's wrong. And we believed it. I mean, we already know society is fucked up. But we still listen to everything that society actually have to say when it comes to our relationships. And we know our relationships is terrible. The divorce rate is super high. And even for the people that is married, be honest. <laughs> I'm just going to say be honest, 100% honest. And see what happens. Non-possessive love did not enslave or constrain the love object. 
Richard was critical of what he called bourgeois love relationships, of the marriage system, and the requirements of the marriage partners to each other, i.e. sex with one partner, jealousy, limits upon mobility, well-defined roles based upon sex. He felt that people should not be like cars or houses. No man should own a wife, nor should a wife own a husband, because ownership is predicated upon control, fences, barriers, constraints, and psychological tyranny. Non-possessive love is based upon shared experiences and friendship. It is the kind of love we have for our bodies, for our thumb and foot. We love ourselves, our bodies, but we do not want to enslave any part of ourselves. I'm saying honest when it comes to all of your desires. 100% honest. No one can sit up there and say, like, hey, I only, only like, only lust for one person. Yeah, okay. Be 100% honest with yourself first. Get that self-love going. Because if you're getting your full love to someone else and you're not truly loving yourself, that could become toxic. And we'll see how that goes. So the relationship that I have now, where me and the sister is just being, you know, she has the ability to do whatever she likes, same as I. We're not disrespecting each other. We're 100% open and honest, and we're good. <laughs> it's no, it's literally no arguments, no negativity going. We're good, you know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of things, a lot of beautiful things that's going on in my life. Just on that strength of me just being, us just being. There's a lot of beautiful things that's going on in my life right now. Things that I can never, this has actually been a great year. Since I started the podcast, it's been a great year. A lot of things is actually that I manifested is actually coming to pass. And things are continuing. It will continue to come to pass in the future. Things that I manifest today. So, you think about this. This is the, uh, excuse the background. I don't have my office today. My office, I'm locked out of my office. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like last year. You know, we hear different sounds. It's, hey, you know, ooh, we good. You know what I'm saying? So just think about the non-possessiveness. Being non-possessive and moving forward. Find the true love. Find who you are. Just look in the mirror every day. Say, I love myself. Because if you love yourself, if you love yourself, that means you love who's in front of you as well. Because everything is your possession. Perception. Everything is your perception. So say, I love myself. And then if someone in front of you ask them to say, I love myself, and they're just like saying, I love you. Because everything is your perception. Everything that you see in your eyes is for you, is you. Everything is made for you. We're literally in a Truman Show in this holographic universe. 
Nothing is real. Everything is made for you. If you think like that, and everyone think like that, I think we'll be better. We'll we'll be out of toxicity. And we'll have better relationships. So yeah, this is OC. This has been the first episode in a while. First episode of season two. I'm Osceola. Tuna Tai. This been Unconscious Conscious Radio. Until next time. Thank you. Peace and love. Unconditional love, that is. One. You just listened to Unconscious Conscious Radio. Episode 1, Season 2. Now, listen to some sounds on Unconscious Conscious Radio. Thank you. They do not. Let's be honest. None of these things affect him. He lives in a bubble where it's like none of us could really understand. All he's surrounded by is, is the Kardashians and a bunch of yes men. And the fashion world and this, he doesn't understand what's happening in, in, in the streets, what's happening in, when it comes to protests, none of that. And this is Kanye West now. Tonight, surrounded by a cloud of criticism, after making these comments on TMZ. It's important for him to know that before he speaks to something that serious, he needs to know what he's talking about. Kanye West has a massive platform. When he speaks, it, it reaches millions of people. And what he's done with his latest comments on slavery being a choice, it's ignorant, it's irresponsible. You need to know that a lot of your fans is racist. Ain't no See, fucking way around. Don't even try to put no I don't cut. Even put I, anything around I, I do. I don't give a fuck. I yeah. tell him straight up, motherfucker. If you like that nigga, you motherfucking racist. Fuck you and fuck him. Now what? First rule in this world, baby. 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 Don't pay attention to anything you see in the news. 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 Jay, 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 Jay,
Like my leather black jeans on. Like my by any means on. Part and I'm getting my scream on. Like into the kingdom. Like but watch you bring home. You see a black man with a white woman at the top floor. They gon' come to your king Kong. Middle America packed in. Like Can't see me in my black skin. Like Number one question they asking. What can be question you asking? Like I don't get ran out by Catholics. Like Cause the conservative Baptists claiming I'm overreacting like the black kids in Chirac, bitch. Four in the morning. And I'm zoning, they say I'm possessed It's the omen, I keep it 300 Like the Romans, 300 bitches Where the Trojans, baby, we living In the moment, I've been a menace For the longest, but I ain't finished I'm devoted, and you know it, and you know it So follow me, y'all, cause this shit about to go I'm doing 500, I'm out of control But there's nowhere to go And there's no way to slow If I knew what I knew in the past I would have been like that on your ass Bitch famous. I made that bitch famous.